This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Good evening, afternoon, and good night, folks, and welcome to uh, For the Love of Pomegranate Podcast. Um, as myself and Paddy are here to talk, well, we're going to talk about various different things, as is our way, but predominantly we're going to talk about Aston Villa 3, Fulham 1, and another brilliant, brilliant performance. Well, I suppose another brilliant result at home um, against uh, Fulham, and 13 games won on the trot at home, and I think we can officially call it Fortress Villa Park at this stage, Paddy. <laughs> Well, I think after 13 games, it's definitely Fortress Villa Park and the uh, the attitude of scoring many goals and, and if the clean sheet comes, it's a bonus. It is, they're not coming. That's the only downside of it. But uh, we're scoring plenty of goals and we're, we're just over the moon with it. Yeah, it's um, like... I, I, um, how do I put this one? Our next home game is Man City, and I kind of pissed off at that one in the league because I'd like I, w- I wouldn't mind breaking the record, but our two next home games are Man City and Arsenal. So, uh, yeah, if we if we could pull a win out against Man City, believe me, if we pull a win out against Man City, there might be an all pants dance done on the podcast. It might very well happen because, and I'm not, and it's not not beyond the realms of possibility that we could do that either. But that's that's a long way down the line. We've got we've got to we've got to believe at this stage that anything is possible. Albeit in in those in those thirteen games, I think there's only one of the greedy six in that. I think it was Spurs, maybe was it? Yes, one one of them. There's definitely only one of them anyway in that run. So look, all good things come to an end at some stage. Hopefully, it won't be against Manchester City because we're due one against them. I think after them getting all the rub of the green and and what have you over the years in in this fixture. So. Uh, Look, we've just we've just got to believe in the process and, and believe that we can go and, and beat these teams now and this is where we're at. 
We, we, mm-hmm. we've got we've got a horrible run of games coming up but now 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 is time having had that run of games that we've had obviously we've had that slip up against for us but now it's time to judge ourselves against the big boys and consistently because there'll be three of them there'll be spores there'll be man city and there'll be arsenal one after each other followed by liverpool and man united later in december so we've mm-hmm. a lot going on um no, I've got that wrong, have we? We haven't got Liverpool. You've got right? yeah, United. Well, we've got United and and Everton. So well, Everton early in early January. So you were the yeah. right city. You were the right city. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. So look, it's it, it's a good chance to to see where we are coming into the transfer window to see how competitive we are, and to see what's needed for when mm-hmm. uh, Neil's favorite time of the year rocks around and that's not christmas it's january it's not yeah it's the january sales exactly uh, and you know what actually and we did i didn't actually plan to talk about what our what our upcoming fixtures were because obviously we want to talk about fulham but the when the fixture list flips around and we have the reverses of them as well that's not coming at a bad time either you know because points in the, like having points on the board like we have so far is really really good and yeah. having that reverse, having those rever- the reversal of those fixtures that we've had over the last couple of weeks, at those points specifically during January, so we 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 would be hoping that those points uh, that we would get those points as well. Once again, as I say, it's inflated, it's inflated league position, it's inflated mm-hmm. uh, PR, I suppose, for the club at any given time, and uh, you got to ride the ride the crest of the wave for that specifically during transfer windows uh, when things like that happen. But anyway, we're going to curb. The chat of future Aston Villa and talk about slightly past Aston Villa and that is uh, the game yesterday Aston Villa versus Fulham. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I had an a, a, an extremely um, uh, as I say an, ex, an an extremely kind of weird viewing viewing vantage of of this game uh, in the middle of getting uh, family photographs taken and stuff like that. But um, it was. I suppose it was difficult for me to get a full sense, and I watched it again this morning, and I got a, I, I, I obviously got 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 my full senses and my full bearings of the game after that. But I must say, Paddy, that we we were a team that were kind of my my theory is that Aston Villa Aston Villa go out specifically at home. We go out and we have a scripted first ten minutes. I've said this in the podcast two or three times before. I will say it again in future uh, with regards to this. We've a scripted first ten minutes to find the weak spot of a team, and that's why we. That's why we. Emery wants us to be to be ball dominant, and I think that's what it was against Fulham. We were sloppy in parts, but I think that's what it was. And once we found it, I think we. Um, even though the first goal wasn't was an own goal, you know, we were knocking at the door. And we were. We were owning possession. We were taking all the shots, and, and Fulham didn't really look like they had any answers in the first half as well. What was your mm. view on Paddy and and that initial, I suppose, start to, to the first half? Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head, and and you know we we probably could have been, uh, it could have been two up before we scored. We, we we look at we look at the one that Watkins should have got on the end of that that led to the the awarding of a penalty, which was rightly overturned by by VAR. Um, and the one that um, came into the Abbey who hit straight at the goalkeeper. So that was two opportunities. I felt that we could have went two 0 up in that. So we like we were mm. flying. We were absolutely flying. Um, and then um, obviously we got we got the goal, which completely settled everything. And, and even at that, we couldn't get on the end of that either. <laughs> you know, it was just one of those 
we're, we're not we're not gambling enough on those balls across the box. We've seen Ollie Watkins do that many times, and Diaby again couldn't get there. It's like as if we weren't even expecting it. But anyway, mm. thankfully Anthony Robinson was there to stick out his leg and put a pass his own goalkeeper. So. Who who needs strikers when you've got defenders that are doing that for you? And and look, I'm joking. It, I'm joking. It was the pressure. It was everything that was on that. And and look, we we were thoroughly good value for that goal, and richly deserved by 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 how we started that game. Mm. And, and and I must give a small bit of credit to Tielemans in that position, um, or where he picked that ball up in that position as well. You know, uh, the cross was really good. The cross was into that corridor of uncertainty. Um, that beautiful corridor of uncertainty that that, that magically appears uh, when the cross is perfect, and uh, you know it's 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 always like it's like taking a shot from outside the box. You you might get that you might get that nick off someone's heel as they try, try to turn to block it, and it goes in the wrong foots the goalkeeper. A cross oh. like that, a, a, a specific cross like that, it's it's made for that reason. You know that if somebody tries to bundle it into the back of the net. Um, and the defender is obviously trying to get it at the Abbey there. You've got every chance that it's going to hit somebody and go in uh, when it's in that specific area. So fair play to Tielemans. And I've no problem in turning around and saying somebody that I remember doing a podcast, specifically, I think it was the podcast against Legate Warsaw. And I said, who is this Tielemans? Because he's not the Tielemans we saw at Leicester. He's not the Tielemans we've seen in any specific situation. And that isn't the Tielemans anymore. The Tielemans we're seeing now is the one that we were all looked at and said, geez, this could be a great free agent signing, you know, at the um at 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 the uh, the, the end of last season into this season mm. and, and, and he's coming good because that cross was really good. And he was and he was very good again at, at at the weekend. I thought, you know, he was active, he was in around the ball, he was playing passes, he was playing in an unf- a, a slightly unfamiliar position as well. And he was more of a Jacob Ramsey, albeit without the ball carrying, than um, Zaniolo was, and, and and that's really like that's a testament to him because it was the big highlight of the the, the team sheet. The Tielemans was in there, and he repaid yeah. the fate of the manager for sure uh, in that instance. And I think I think the manager knew he was going to repay him. I think all the signs were there leading up to this that he was going to get a start in the Premier League, and there it was for him. And by God, did he grab it with both hands? He, he's actually a joy to watch on the ball. He, he very rarely does anything wrong on the ball. The pressing as but, well off the ball is good. Very, and, and you know what? Deceptively quick. Uh, I watched uh, an analysis, I think it was Match of the Day, I watched back last night, and they showed a couple of, of, of the pressing that he'd done. And he's it was just deceptively quick to get where he needed to be. And it's not what you expect from him. I know he's not the quickest footballer, but he was quicker than I anticipated he was because obviously you're watching the ball as the, as the game is going on. But like you've 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 got to you've got to blow smoke up his ass when he has a performance like that. He was absolutely mm. excellent, which which he was in in the the game in Alkmaar as well. He was a joy to watch that night as well. So I really do believe that we've got a gem on our hands. It's just finding how he fits into this system now, and maybe he has already. That's a good point as well. That's a good a good problem to have. You know, you go back to Man City three, four years ago, they were trying to fit Riyad Mahrez into their team. And every time he came off the bench, he was doing something. Yet, Guardiola would go out and there might be no Mahrez in the team. Yet, he'd come off the bench and he'd do something. And that brings me on to, to talk about another player who came off the bench. And we'll get to the goals in a minute, and specifically the third goal. Because I'm saving the second goal because I loved the second goal and I really want to talk about it. Um, But for the third goal... um. 
you know, Leon Bailey had come off the bench, uh, injection of pace, uh, kind of did a bit more crisscrossing the field than Diaby did. There was a slight change of formation, I think, when, when Bailey came on. Bailey did pop up on the left-hand side of the field for the third goal. And uh, I think it was, uh, I, I, I think we've said before that we want, me and you both, both believe that we want to see him out there a small bit more because it, his last two games where he's popped up out there more often than not, I feel he's been more effective. And uh, yes, he hasn't been able to cut in and or to come in and cut in his left-hand side and take shots. And yes, he scored goals on the right-hand side. But I really like the look of him from the left-hand side. And that cross for Bailey was brilliant. Sorry, the cross for Watkins' goal, I think, was really good again. Once again, into the corridor of uncertainty. And uh, I was going to say that Ali Watkins couldn't miss it, but we might talk about the miss uh, later oh, on. For one more. He did. And look, before, before we go any further, um, I'm going to bring you back 20-odd years to a manager that used to manage a team that I managed. And he used to say in his team he had painters. Fellas that would hit a pass and stand back and look at it, and he called them painters. You know, when a painter paints something on, on, a, on a canvas and he stands back and have a look. For me, since he arrived, Leon Bailey's a painter. He loves to play that pass and just stand still. We saw him hit six corners last week and stand still, watch, watching the ball go in and not getting himself back into the onside position. Yesterday, we we broke. Now, now bear in mind that, that the, first, the first ball in that move is a headed clearance from the six-yard box by Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins busts the gut, gets out. Bailey picks up the ball, gives the ball to McGinn. Is he painting? No. He overlaps McGinn, goes into that corridor, ball across the edge of the box. Didn't go looking for any plaudits or anything, just celebrated the goal. Absolutely what we want from Leon Bailey. We have waited. This is third season to see some magic like that. Now I believe we have him firing the way that Unai Emery wants him firing. And he that, looks that goal... That goal, when you when you look at it, slowed down from from when the ball breaks to to, to McGinn's movement, to his movement, to Watkins busting a gut to get to the back post. Absolutely incredible team goal, and probably not highlighted enough by any of the of the of the news outlets out there. Because if you look at it through every passage of play in it, it's absolutely a joy to watch, and just not what we're used to at Aston Villa. I love a good transitional counter attack. Like that, I just there's there's something beautiful about it, and once again, it goes back. And I I recorded a, a, a podcast today with Jacob Tanswell, and it'll be out on on, on Wednesday. And and I referenced the piece that uh, that Mother Wolf said uh, for AZ. He was like, literally, we knew what they were going to do. We couldn't stop them. That counter attack. Every team in the Premier League knows that Villa are going to counter attack, and they're just going to be power and pace straight through the middle. There's going to be no messing on it here. We're going to run directly at you and see what you can do. And and so far, so good for Aston Villa, and that was a good uh, a good proponent of it there as well, or a good example of it. Should I say the only thing that it would have made me love it more is I love a good diving header. So if if Ali Watkins, if that goal had ended up in a diving header, I would have just been goal of the year, goal of the year, you know, because. Uh, I love I do love a good counter attack goal and um I do love a good diving header at the back post as well. Um which uh very rarely see anymore. Bring back the diving header, that's what I want to see. It's, Absolutely. It's, it's a dying art. A dying There's been art. a few occasions this season where a diving header would have been perfect for, for Ollie Watkins and he just he just never believed that the ball was gonna come into that position. But uh mm. I, I was always uh, a lover of the diving header as well. 
Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's a fantastic way to score a goal. Um, but Paddy, he didn't score a goal in another instance, Ali Watkins. I'm gonna let you talk me through Ronnie Rosenthal 2.0. <laughs> look bear in mind the amount of times we've seen him head the ball straight at the goalkeeper he, he managed to not even hit the ball wide he, he, if it had kept going it would have gone out for a throw in it was just the most bizarre miss for him who's quite accomplished as we've just said already he headed a ball 30 yards clear from, from a corner so he's well able to head the ball what he was thinking with that header is absolutely beyond me and look if, if, if we can get him finishing those chances along with what he's already finishing, he's going to be a 30 goalie, a season striker. And that's that's no joke. He's already on 10 goals. And what yeah. what are we, with, with, with games, probably a third of the way, maybe maybe a bit over a third of the way through the season. So it it, it just, it, all it took was him to throw his head at that ball and, and there was nothing stopping it. He had half a goal to aim at and somehow it, it spun off and went wide. Uh, not even wide. It didn't even go out wide. Um and and also before before I forget, we, we go back to the penalty, um, the penalty incident where mm-hmm. the ball the ball hits the um, Castagna on the face and goes out for a corner. How was that restarted, Neil? Do you remember? BP added more than seventy billion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. I don't. He dropped the ball in front of the goalkeeper instead of giving the corner. Like... Like this is what they, oh, they, they yeah. should be. They, yeah. they brought him. They brought him over to the screen to look at what happened instead of saying to him, "Look, he didn't handle the ball. You may award the corner." The ju- the process is just mind blowing. Yeah. Well, that was just he, he kind of said, "Well, you guys, you guys got a corner against Alkmaar, so I'm not going to give you the corner now." So it's just karma. <laughs> I'll I'll take the karma in that instance. You know, I take the yeah. karma of just dropping in front of the goalkeeper when we go on to win three, um, three one. Um, yeah, but like, but yeah, have, but it was it was a drop ball. It was a drop ball, wasn't it? Pardon? It, it, it was a drop ball, like as re- in it was restarted with a drop ball. Yeah, yeah, but it should have been a corner because it was literally kicked off the side of Castagna's head and out for a corner. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah, pointed yeah. to the spot, so yeah, it should have so been. The, I, I, and and the, the rule, the rule is a in that instance whereby yeah. it should be okay, we, right? We, if it wasn't a penalty. The passage yeah. of play was that it went out for a corner, so it should have been a corner. The, this, yeah, so the this all goes back to process. If, you, if you're watching a game of rugby union and it, the, the TMO calls for a foul play and he tells the referee exactly what the next phase of play should be, why that process isn't in place, it's obviously not. Because what he's when he's walking yeah, back yeah, onto the yeah. when he's walking back onto the pitch, I'm making my way back to explain to the to the players that the ball came off his head and it's not a penalty. Where, what, how do we restart this game? 
That that's all he's yeah. got to ask. But they're just too far up their own arses to to ask that question to get it I, right. In that instance, like I do agree with you, it should be a corner. But I think that instance, the rule is, you know, okay, I stopped the play. So if he blew the whistle when the ball hit after Stania, essentially he was saying, right, I blew the his whistle when the when the ball hit his head. Whether it went out before I blew the whistle or not is irrelevant. I blew it for that action, and but that is action, relevant. I was wrong. And then, but yeah, so yeah, but but so yeah. the rule should be the rule should be um, slightly tweaked for that one, I think for sure. But yeah, like it's, as I say, it's it's strange when you like that's what alienates fans from VAR, and you go, you can clearly see. It's, it should be a corner, but the rules state that we have to start with a drop ball. It's like it's like the whole if the game restarts again, then we can't go back to that to that incident. Yeah, you should be able to because you can go back for foul play. Why can't you go back for goals? Or why can't you go back for offsides and all that kind of stuff? So if you can, if you can go as long as you want for foul play, why can't it be the same for every single incident? And anyway, 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 we'll get we'll go down the hole there. Why? why I, I didn't understand why there was any need to bring him over to te- to, to him to verify yeah. the ball hit him in the head. We could all see it after one replay. Yeah, why that it was a clear that. one. And look. Don't get me wrong, I've said it so many times, I don't care how long it takes once to get it right. And that mm. goes for when we're on the receiving end as well. And it was against us, so I was absolutely fine with it. But you know, you're talking you're talking about overcooking it now when, when they were taking the piss earlier in the season. So decide what yeah. you're gonna do and keep going that way. But anyway, back to the positivity. Back to the positivity because play. because I think the second goal I loved it. I love that little jinx sold Pelina for an absolute pop on the edge of the area. Did did jam again, and that's no easy feat. But like it was the second Pelina goes right. This guy's got to go on the right side, and and jam again didn't it like his little faint. He he didn't even move it like six inches to the left hand side, and Pelina was gone. And then again, just bang, arrowed into the bottom corner. I was just looking at it going, and it always comes up in the back of my head. Unai Emery, when he came into the club, said, you're a good midfielder, but you need to start scoring more goals. And John McGinn is scoring more goals. And I think I read somewhere today, AFFC Stato, if you're listening, you'll you keep me honest in this one. Um, he has, John McGinn has now scored. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. One plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, I think it's only Ashley Young 
and Steve Staunton, maybe, that have more goals outside the box. I'm open to in the Premier League than Jam again at the moment. Um, I think there might be one other person in there as well. But uh, two reasons I wanted to bring it up. One, because Steve Stockton was in there for you, Paddy. And second of all, it just shows how John McGinn is banging him in because I've been asking for players to shoot from outside the box. McGinn does it and absolutely places it like, like as if he went in with his hands and put it right in the bottom corner. Super goal. Really good. And a captain's goal and a real captain's performance for him yesterday because he was bloody brilliant. He was absolutely excellent yesterday. Absolutely. Probably... I I believe his best performance in an Aston Villa short. Um, to to watch the way he took that goal is exactly what we've been crying out for. Having watching him doing that for Scotland, nearly on a game by game basis for a while. I think he he went a good few games scoring in each game. And look, that's take like I know I know there are a lot of people that, that took a great bit of skill between the two ears to score that goal, and what a finish. To just pass it into the bottom corner in the way he did. He just stroked the ball into the bottom corner. Like that that's up there with the goal he scored against Sheffield Wednesday for me. It was absolutely sublime. And I guarantee you, if Salah had done that little shimmy and stuck it in the bottom corner, we'd be watching it ten times over. Then we're watching John McGinn. So it's not sexy enough for for, for the TV companies. But take nothing away. From that, just that little bit of skill between the ears and sticking the ball in the bottom corner, it was an absolute joy to watch. I think it was probably the most celebrated goal I celebrated since uh, he scored at Wembley. I say that's the last time I went as mad as I did when that went in because it was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I can't say enough about it. And he went absolutely mad as well. So, like, I, I love it. I love the way he scores a goal like that because you can see how much it means to him being captain. And, and once again. I can stand here and I can say with great uh, with great humility and, and uh, point back to saying that when Tyrone Mings was injured, we needed leaders to stand up. Ezra Kanza has stood up. Um, John McGinn has certainly stood up and grown into that captain's armband as well. And fair play to him. Three goals already, I think, in the league this season equals his his best performance in, in the league for Aston Villa, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, um, onwards and upwards here for him, you know, and the, the league is only a pop yet. Um, he there's definitely more goals in him, and uh, if he continues to strike him as sweetly as that, we'll be singing his praises uh, in a lot more podcasts. But apart from this, even apart from that, that goal, he just seemed like he was everywhere. He seemed like like we're back to that box formation. It just really brings the best out of him when he doesn't have to go too far wide and can come into the middle and be combative in that kind of square midfield, that box midfield. It just seems to be where he comes alive in games. And, and uh, it's like how he was at the end of last season for the, the 10, 11 game, 12 games to finish last season with Jacob Ramsey in the team as well. The Tielemans connection in his, uh, with him suited him a bit more. It suited him a bit more when he didn't need to go as wide. And uh, yeah, I think that Una Emery can't wait to get back to that system. And with Jacob Ramsey coming back after the international break, it's likely that we will see this going forward because it does seem to be uh, a formation that gets us more potent up top uh, and allows us more options, I suppose, to have a plan A, B, C and D uh, as the game goes on. So well done, John McGinn. And, and very much so, man of the match. Although I was uh, I was trolling Paddy after the game yesterday and um, Paddy, Paddy maintains he was the first person to vote on the Aston Villa poll uh, when Villa put on, on Twitter. <laughs> 
and Twitter. Well, I told you I clicked in it as well. Um, and it told me I was the first too. Uh, but Paddy voted for John McGinn and I started trolling and saying it was walk- it was Watkins because I knew that the, that the Premier League app had given it to Watkins. Uh, so Paddy was like, no, 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 it's definitely John McGinn. <laughs> so, uh, we were having a, we were having a bit of a burn I'd love to sit down in a room with whoever picked uh, Ollie Watkins as man of the match yesterday, given the uh, performances of Tielemans and John McGinn. John I wouldn't McGinn even. Have, brilliant. I wouldn't have even put him on on the Villa website. I wouldn't have even put him in the first four to be voting for, because that that's how good of a performance it was from everybody else. Mm. And uh, and he did have that miss as well. So let's not let's not forget that one. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's uh like as I say another win. Moving on to towards uh the the international break, and uh, we asked our Aston Villa. You know, to, to to send us into that international break in good form, and they did. And we've got two weeks to rest on it as well. But somebody who doesn't have two weeks to rest on that, Paddy, is Ezri Kanza, because Ezri Kanza has finally, probably about a year too late, but fi- well, maybe maybe six months too late to ten yeah. months too late, it's finally been called up to to an England squad, albeit it is in place of the donkey Lewis, Lewis Dunk. Um, uh, which who he isn't he isn't the donkey no not at all I think that does that doesn't apply to him but it is in place of Lewis Dunk um but Ezra Kanza has an opportunity now to go and hopefully get minutes in either of those two games and when you think about Gareth Southgate's penchant for previous penchant for Eric Dyer in his teams uh the fact that Dyer could play right back or could play play in centre half well you've got an ultimately better Eric Dyer in, in Ezra Kanza um Going, going into your camp now, Mister Southgate. So use him, give him time on the field, and uh, and see how good he is. Because, to be honest with you, you know stats and numbers don't lie an awful lot. Specifically over the over the the sample set that you have for Ezri Kanza now. Um, specifically since Una Emery came in, and even now in this leadership capacity he has for Aston Villa. So he's deserving of this cap, and and, and I hope it goes on. And I hope he gives Mister Southgate something to think about for sure. Well, well, I hope we're not sitting here this time next week after the two games are over and we, we head into our Spurs preview saying, geez, that was an awful waste of him going to play. Uh, I think they're at home and then they play North Macedonia. Is that right? Malta and North mm. Macedonia? I think it and is, not, yeah. You know, at, the, at this stage of it, surely he he will warrant getting on for a few minutes. And, uh, and, and you know, let's face it, we all know, we all know 18 months ago that he should have been rewarded with this cap. He should have been there thereabouts for the Euros when 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 that was played. So what's that? Two years ago at this stage. The the guy has been immense for us for so so long. And even when players came in, came and went, he was just head and shoulders above everybody. He's he's come in there and he's absolutely bossed it in the absence of of his good mate. He's really just t- taken over the mantle at centre half and been an absolute born leader. And look, I I I have to put my hands up and admit that when 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 he came in and we watched him the first time round, I thought he was very sloppy and very clumsy. It just goes to show when 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 the team is settled and when the manager is getting the best out of players, it brings those players up to the levels that they're capable of playing at. So we that's why we're looking at a, a virtually the same team that we had under Dean Smith now performing at this level. It's just a joy to behold, and and he he is probably of all, him and Ollie Watkins, I suppose that have come just full circle from 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 Ollie Watkins with little to no confidence playing bad positions looking for the ball 
to 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 getting like ten goals already, and Ezri Konza just being an absolute man mountain at the back. And mm-hmm. remember that statistic last last year where it was something bizarre, like twenty odd games that he hadn't been driven past. You know, all all of these yeah. things. Yeah, like, that, that's a again for being Probably. one of the players who least dribble past the game. I think mm-hmm. I think like over the last three or four, four years or however long we've been in the Premier League. I think he still even is up there. Even when we were doing brutal, he was very rarely dribbled past, if I remember rightly. Um, but yeah, he is so with massive strength of his being able to keep playing in front of him. And uh, yeah, exactly. as you said, yeah. as you said, yeah. more to come from him. Exactly. And look, he's been such such a signing for us. Um, you know, very disciplined, doesn't, doesn't give away the stupid freeze that he used to, doesn't get booked as easy as he used to. Very, very strong person in that he, he doesn't pick up silly injuries either. So I wish him well. I really hope he gets a cap. Not 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 that I have any interest in how England are doing, obviously, because I'm not English, you know, but I want all our players. And the biggest worry I had with Esri Konza and Ollie Watkins not getting called up is that do players like that begin to question do do they stay at Aston Villa? and not play for England, or do they move to one of the perceived bigger clubs to play for England? And I just hope that this shows people that they can play with our amazing club and still play for their, not be discriminated against when, when they're when they're picking the international squad. So we have the two boys in there. They're in there on merit, 100% in there on merit, and I'm delighted for the two of them, and I hope they do really well. Yeah, and it's just a pity that Jacob Ramsey is injured because if Cole Palmer is getting getting called up, Jacob Ramsey is, should be Jacob's still, still a young man as well. He's still learning his trade. I've, I've absolutely no problem with that. He's done very well with the under-21s when he was there. He will be there or thereabouts again. He just hmm. he just needs a run now of, of not picking up any, any more niggly injuries. And, and he's going to be a superstar of the future. He's already a superstar for me. He's been absolutely excellent for us. And that, that will come for him, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and looking forward to seeing him back after the international break. And realistically speaking, you know the way we're coming healthy at a really good time of the year as well, because we need everyone we can get. Um, and barring any injuries on international duty, we would be more or less healthy because it looks like Diego Carlos's injury is not too bad either. Um, so obviously, the long-term injuries aside, we would be healthy for who we have to call on for this year as well. And long may that continue. Um, for sure, because options are are paramount to, to Unai Emery and to, and, and to this team as well. So I think I am. Um, I think I think we're going to leave it at that, guys, because it's been a, you know, the, the, this game against Fulham once again another three one win. It seems to be Aston Villa's favourite winning uh, scoreline. I think at the moment scoring three goals at home um, were, were were really potent at home and, and and this international break is a nice time to regroup, do a bit of self-scouting from a new Emery point of view, uh, self-scouting from uh, the point of view of having an away game directly afterwards as well, see what the differences are there. Once again, as I say, light the candle to make sure that everybody comes back healthy and then we could go mm-hmm. and hopefully attack Spurs in the way that we know we can in the, the Tottenham Stadium once we once we get back on the field again after the international break. So um, I plan to have a couple of uh, podcasts for you guys over the course of the coming weeks. I am waiting on confirmation for some of them, but I definitely will have another one for uh, Wednesday uh, with Jacob Tanswell because I recorded it earlier on today. 
with him. So it was a pre-recorded one, and it was really good conversation where we discussed the tactical side of uh, how, how uh, Villa have been setting up and some of the things that we've seen so far. So I really enjoyed talking to Jacob, and that will be out on Wednesday. Um, but just, yeah, just thanks a couple, for just a couple of things before you go, Neil. Um, it's just it was great, obviously, to see Alex Moreno getting the sixty-three minutes under his belt tonight. Yes. Hopefully, there's come back uh, too. Yeah, hopefully there's no um, reoccurrence of, of any injuries there and, and and he's feeling fit and healthy. I believe there's a behind closed doors friendly on Monday week. So hopefully he'll get another he'll get another 90 minutes under that. Um, and also, there was a lot of people mentioning uh, John Duran in the comments. Obviously, it's only hearsay that, you know, we're being told that the guy is homesick. He's, he's struggling. If the guy is homesick and struggling, Probably the comments and probably what's been said on Twitter is not exactly what he needs. We need to get behind him. We need to encourage him. We need to let him know that he's welcome. You know, we forget that he's only a child as well. You know, he's 19 years of age. And I don't mean that in a derogatory fashion. He's 19 years of age. He's coming from a different country, a different culture. He's doing things the way he's been brought up to do it. And it's completely different to what we're used to in our culture. So we, we just need to get behind them. As somebody who has been homesick in previous years, I can tell you all about it. It's not a nice place to be if that if that's what, what's wrong with them. Um, and it, mine came at a time where you couldn't pick up a phone and FaceTime your your parents or your loved ones when, when you were uh, away from home. So I to- totally get uh, what what homesickness is like. He's, he's obviously the only Colombian in the team. Thank- thankfully, there's, there's many more Spanish-speaking players around them and hopefully they're looking after him but uh just just be kind because if 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 this if this is a homesickness or some kind of mental health issue we we need to support them and and get in behind them and look after them last colombian paddy that we had that was home, last colombian striker that we had that was homesick as well didn't turn out too bad he didn't did he? no right. mr angel yeah, 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 for sure. And he and he certainly didn't have the support um, of the club at that period of time. He was actually the reason that the club developed the support network for foreign players, if if memory serves me right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, as I say, a lot of the stuff that's online might be conjecture, it might be real, but, um, yeah. you know, there's uh, you're always best to take those at face value with regards to to, to that being the reason and, and support people through it, for sure. Because he's a young man, Unai Emery, thinks that he has... Tons and tons of talent, um, and I'm sure we will see it uh, if and when he's fit to to return to the squad. Well, he has returned to the squad, but if and when, when he's fit to, I suppose, to show it on, on, a, on a weekly basis with the team. And hopefully that is very, very soon. Hopefully that is very, very soon. All right, lads and lasses, we're going to leave you at that. Thanks a million to everybody uh, for supporting the podcast. Uh, we had a... We had a funny milestone today. We had six thousand six hundred and sixty-six <laughs> subscribers on you on YouTube when I woke up this morning, and I couldn't get the get the that that uh, that devil song out of my mind. So anybody who who got that earworm in their in their ear that uh, kicked on the link from my uh, my tweet earlier on. I don't apologize for anything because it's an absolute banger of a song and it brought me back to being about 14 again. So it was fantastic. Um, but thanks very much, everybody, for your support, as always, with regards to the podcast. And uh, we will be back on Wednesday with a pre-recorded podcast that hopefully we will have a couple of more podcasts as, uh, as the, the rest of the week uh, ticks on and into next week as well. Um, so in the meantime, everybody, thanks a million for your time, as always. Stay safe, stay healthy. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa.
Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.